So Russia versus Ukraine, everyone's kind of going crazy over it, which I get why, you know, it's a worldwide phenomenon. But like, why is it happening, though? Now, in today's day and age where where I guess people just read anything and believe anything, you know, it's easy to, to just hear different sides of stories and kind of go with it. But I like to look at things from, I guess, a bird's eye view perspective from all sides ukraine russia and america because we do kind of have a play with this and i like to see like all right well what are like the possible outcomes from different things and and why did it even happen in the first place so as always i'm gonna put a business twist on this but i feel like this is an important conversation to have because uh this is a moment in history that we're living through okay and also i think that there's a lot that we can learn from this there's a lot that I learned from this. I'm going to share my perspectives with you guys. But first, of course, I want to make it neutral just in case nobody gets offended, you know, because it's 2022. So I'm completely neutral. I'm not a communist or or supporting Russia or nobody. But I'm going to open different perspectives to each side so you guys can see really what's kind of going on and what's kind of going through their mindset because it's important. So let's just start off like why it started. Okay, so... A few years ago, Russia took over Crimea again from Ukraine, right? And the Ukrainians, they built this water dam to cut off their main source of water. And it was 90% of the region's fresh water that they cut off. And it was just devastating for Crimea and a lot of Ukraine too, because that's where a lot of agriculture came in, a lot of food and stuff. So I think like the agriculture market went down like 85% just from that. Because that was ninety percent of the region's water, so that pissed off Russia, right? Um, and th- th- of course, there's a lot of things that kind of go up to this sort of thing. I'm just going to brush over real quick, just to kind of get into my point. But recently, before this kind of started, right, when Biden came in office, Trump had a lot of sanctions on Russia to keep Russia on its toes, because the reality is, if you don't like Trump. Trump did a really good job as a president. And one of the greatest things that he did was he became a feared leader. And a lot of people don't like that. But guess what? We're talking countries, okay? Leading a country is like leading a massive business, but with a military and an economy and millions of people. Trump was feared. He kept Russia on its toes and every other country because they knew with Trump as president, no one's going to fuck with Trump. Let's just keep it real. Biden came in despite Trump and I guess a lot of his supporters. He lifted a lot of sanctions, okay? And when Trump was in office, trust me, guys, this leads to my point. When Trump was in office, he created our own gas pipeline, okay? And this is really important, but it got a lot of bad propaganda because the environmentalists didn't like it, which I get it. But also, it's it was very advantageous for us in, in the the macro, in the long run, because we became fuel independent, no longer dependent on foreign countries for fuel, which is terrible leverage that we should never give up. Because why, why, why fuel somebody else's economies if we can fuel our own by giving jobs and, and buying our own gas, low gas prices, and, and just fueling the economy, our own economy? That's what Trump saw, because Trump's a businessman, okay? And like I said, I'm not being biased here. I'm just being open perspective. So bear with me. Biden comes into office, lifts a bunch of sanctions, closes the pipeline, the oil rig, stuff like that, ours. And he becomes fuel 
dependent with other countries. So we become fuel dependent with other countries. One of those being Russia. We were buying fuel from Russia. He also lifted a sanction on Russia's northern pipeline that connects to Germany. This gave, obviously, Russia a ton of leverage and a ton of money that we're making, okay? Which doesn't help Ukraine, by the way. Trump had that sanction in there for a reason, because it limited Russia. Okay, so Biden comes in, despite Trump lifts a bunch of sanctions that were actually really good for most of Europe and us, our economy. So that was like another breadcrumb that leads to this kind of mess that we're in right now. Okay, and Russia, like the reason why Ukraine didn't join NATO, but now wants to join NATO is because a few years ago, what was it, 2007 something? Basically, they had the opportunity to Ukraine had the opportunity to join NATO. Okay, but they didn't want to. Um, Maybe Russia had an influence on it, doesn't matter. But instead, they became strategically independent. That's what they called it. So the reason why Trump doesn't, I'm sorry, the reason why like Putin, Russia, doesn't want Ukraine joining NATO is because they don't want the West closer to Russia. Russia is just protecting themselves. And, and this I kind of get because hear me out on this. If Ukraine joins NATO, what happens to Russia? Well, Russia has to become more defensive because now if Ukraine is a part of NATO, they could have Western nuclear firearms, missiles in Ukraine, which borders Russia. So that conflicts Russia. Do you see what I mean by that? Russia gets extremely defensive because imagine this. Imagine if Russia goes to the Mexico border, okay? And they create their own treaty, Mexico and Russia. And Russia aids Mexico with nuclear missiles. How would the U.S. react? probably pretty similar to the way Putin is, but a little bit different, of course, not so chaotic. But that's kind of the same analogy here. It's like Russia doesn't want Ukraine in NATO. Now Ukraine wants to be in NATO because they're getting hammered. They don't want to before, but now they are because, I mean, let's just put it this way. They're in a position where it would benefit them, right? Which I totally get. But that's why Russia doesn't want Ukraine and NATO. So it's very important to understand that. <clears throat> the allies, they want to bring, they do, but they don't want to bring Ukraine into NATO. Because Russia makes threats that if they join NATO, X, Y, and Z. And honestly, Russia's going to fulfill any threats that they make because it's Russia. Putin's leading it. But here's the thing, and this is controversial, but not if I explain it correctly. So bear with me. A lot of people are calling Putin crazy, a maniac, insane, which I totally get why. I mean, the way that he's approaching this war is the 1945 way, just all over devastation, destruction, attacking cities and, and civilians, unlike the modern way that most first world countries attack and strike is through guided missiles right targeting specific buildings through windows through enemies but this way he's going about it is um the 1945 way the russian way you know the world war ways just complete chaos destruction just break all morale but i'm organizing my words correctly 
I don't think Putin is insane or crazy. I mean, he might be a little crazy, but what I'm trying to say here is Putin is an opportunist. Ukraine did some things. Biden did some things which gave Putin an opportunity to strike. So he did just that. He wasn't going to let it go. Now, the reason why I don't think he's particularly insane or crazy is because, one, he's an opportunist. Two, based on Russia's history and dictatorship, this is kind of how they've always behaved. So it's almost, they're just conditioned this way. You know what I mean? It's like a molding. It's like, it's like you can't teach an old dog new tricks per se, right? But it's so important to realize that, yes, he's, what he's doing is evil, for sure. There's no doubt about that. I don't support that. Of course not. But he's also, he's playing the cards that he was dealt. Like, he was dealt a good hand, so he's taking an opportunity. So, like, that I do understand, too. Because Biden administration gave him that ability, that leverage, and some other things leading up to that gave him some leverage to do so, too. So, why am I talking about this on the podcast? Well, let's think back into why all wars happened, basically. It's over what? Mostly one thing. Land. Resources that the land provides. Now, why is that? If you listen to Grant Cardone and other billionaire investors that invest in something called real estate, they'll tell you, buy real estate, get real estate. This is why wars happen. It's over real estate. Now, if you think back to the conquering days, every world conquering country at the time, whether it was the Romans, uh, the Turks, the Greeks, um, hell, even, even Britain, they conquered for real estate because the more real estate they had, the more power they had. That's why this is all happening. It's over real estate. It's technically business because if you think about it, that's what war is. It's business, right? So that's why this is all happening. And that's why I wanted to bring it onto the show because the things that's going on, the thing that Putin is doing, I think the reason why he's, he's an opportunist is because, yes, the cards that he was dealt to strike, he, he took it. He took the advantage, but also because he wants more real estate. He wants Ukraine back, part of Ukraine at least. So what I like to do, this is me in particular, I like to study everything that's going on and kind of reverse engineer to see why people are thinking, why they do this, why they do that. So when, when, when Putin makes a move, I like to study, well, why would he do that? What are the possible outcomes? What are the possible ramifications? I like to dissect everything and kind of look a deep, deep microscopic view of it just to see if I can learn anything like from it. Now, I'm not talking war, none of that shit. No. But as far as strategy goes, yes. Because if you think about it, every world leader kind of earned their chance in that seat. Okay, so they're going to be smart people. So what I would recommend is, yes, everybody keep an open perception of what's going on, how it happened, how it's unfolding but also just take a deep look on both sides a deep interpretation and maybe maybe we can all learn something from this because i think that's the most important part now i think the most important part is when we get to learn all this from the deep dive why are they thinking this why are they doing this what's the possible ramification what's the possible outcome what is their best possible outcome what's their worst possible like what's the point in all this well the most important thing is we get to learn based on this, the future lesson, the, the present lesson, to avoid this in the future, 
right? Because future or history does repeat itself, right? So if we can study everything, break down everything, reverse engineer everything, we could prevent this from happening in the future. Because we know the cards. They, they're, they're currently being laid on the table right now for us to see. Which gives us a future advantage on how to avoid similar conflict. So that's why I wanted to bring this up. I wanted to touch base with this. Um, completely neutral, like I said. I'm just open to all perceptions. I like to see all strategies from all people. I like to know what they're thinking, why they're thinking, how they could benefit, what they could sacrifice, how it could blow back on them, just to kind of see what their thought processes are. So I think it's fascinating studying this sort of thing when it comes to both sides. And I think it's, I think it's, I think it should end. Nobody wants war. So that's all I have to say, guys. Um, I have a lot of exciting guests coming on the future shows here. So stay tuned. I'll see you in the next one.